Welcome to the Luma Roundtable, a podcast where we pick an album to focus on every month and we come together to discuss it. Uh, this week on the pod, we've got Nikki and Brady um, calling in from Wisconsin. We've got Ashlyn calling in from Atlanta. Uh, thanks everybody for being here today. Um, and the album for this week is Laurel, or for this month, is Laurel Hell, uh, the latest release from Mitski. A little bit of background on um, this album is so I didn't know this but I just was like during my research discovered that she almost quit the music industry like she almost decided not to come back and in like end of 2019 she was ending her tour for Be the Cowboy her 2018 album and she announced that it, like her last show might be her last indefinitely and she talked about how um, she planned to quit music completely and like find another life and do something else um, and her main, one of her main reasons for quitting was having a difficult time, like grappling with her newfound stardom with how um, much popularity her indie albums had, had gained and like more of like an indie mainstream than before. And it was kind of overwhelming and alarming to her and um, how the music industry felt like a super satiated uh, version of consumerism and you have to be like a product that's being bought and sold rather than like a person. And she would see her fans like recording her at shows and she felt like she was becoming like um, content rather than um, a person. And she like regretted using her actual name because um, she um, felt like it made her feel distanced from herself because she can't escape like she is Mitski, like that's her name. Um, and she's also like this product that people consume. Um, and so despite her intention to quit music for good, she did owe her record label another album. And so that was one reason that she decided to come back. But then um, another reason I think she like describes in her single that she wrote, Working for the Knife, that she put out in a uh, first from this album, I think. And like, it's about her reluctance to return to the stage. And she changed her mind and decided to return to music um, partly for herself, partly because she had to release another album. Um, so that's kind of like the background of Laurel Hell, which I thought was just very interesting and different from a lot of the albums we've done. Like she almost quit and then she came back and it's sort of up in the air. Like, is this a goodbye album? Is it her last or is it a, a new chapter, like the beginning of a new chapter in her music career. So sort of something to consider while we're talking about it and when people are listening to it. Um, so I think the first thing we usually talk about is like where we first came across this artist. So I'd love to go around and just hear like about if you guys have heard of Mitski before, if this is your first encounter or what your first encounter with her music um, was like. Um, Nikki, do you want to start? Sure thing. Um, I think I encountered her probably back in 2014, I want to say. Um, my friend Rachel had found Bury Me at Makeout Creek um, and showed it to me. At first, I really didn't quite get it, but 
um, she was listening to it on repeat for a while and that kind of got it to stick in my head and I started to really like it. Um, it was around the same time, like we were still watching like Adventure Time and Rachel and I were obsessed with Marceline, the vampire queen. And she did a cover of Francis Forever on the show. And I think that was when Mitski really clicked for me. And now Bury Me at Makeout Creek is my favorite album of hers. Um, so that's kind of like where I found her. Brady, you want to go next? Yeah, my entire past experience with Mitski um, before this was actually just a friend of mine listening to her and showing me the song Your Best American Girl. And I was like, that song's awesome. And then I'd never listened to her more than that. Period. Kind of the same. <laughs> kind of the same experience. Like, I think it, I don't, it might have been Nikki. I don't know. Somebody was like, they recommended that song to me. And I think that's one of her biggest, if not her biggest, like songs. I was freaking out about it for a while. <laughs> it's really good. But yeah, beyond this, I think. I definitely can't claim to be like a diehard Misty fan, like by any means. I think I've, I've heard of her in passing. I, I know generally what her music sounds like, but that's the only song that I know of by like name is Your Best American Girl. So, but what about you, Ashlyn? I'm kind of like on the, we're fake Mitski fans. I'm on the <laughs> same wavelength as y'all. I like the first song I heard was from, like, I didn't hear, like, nobody talked about Mitski. I heard about her from Twitter, like, when she was going viral for Nobody. And that song is the first song I heard by her. And I did like it, but then I just didn't listen to anything else. But I think that was more so because I didn't, like, know who she was, really. And then my friend kind of introduced me a little bit, like, in college or something. Um, she sent me, I can't remember what song it was but she sent me a Mitski song and I was like oh this is good and I faved it but then I just didn't listen and now like I like kind of consume her like where I'll hear a song and I'm like this song is so good and then I don't listen to the album so yeah my people here I guess <laughs> yeah I really listen to Bury Me at Makeout Creek hard it's kind of my I'm pissed off I'm gonna put this on album but like puberty two and be the cowboy i i don't know i i didn't care much for puberty two other than um your best american girl so like after that i didn't really listen to be the cowboy either this this is the first album i've listened to hers in a while yeah same um i just sort of like i knew that she was you know critically acclaimed and that both puberty two and be the cowboy were like had really good reviews from like critics and received really well by fans but I myself never really like cared to dive in more I don't know I just never I was never like oh I should figure out more about this person um, she's pretty acquired she's an acquired taste for sure yeah yeah um but yeah okay so that's interesting that are our different little perspectives here. Um, do we have anything else we want to say about it? Like, what about expectations going in? I personally didn't didn't really know what to expect. I kind of wasn't expecting it to be as like epic as it was. I would say. But what about you guys? Um, yeah. I go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say I liked the direction that because Carsey kind of does the same thing like with their last album where they go like a more like not even produced because both like everything they make is produced but like those scents are just so cool to me and I I really liked how she did that and she usually does use scents but this one just felt all the scents all the time and I really liked it. It was really heavy on the synth. Yeah, I listened to Working for the Knife when it was when it had just come out. And from that point on, I felt like all bets are off it's, uh, musically. I, I no longer knew what to expect. I thought it would be a uh, much more straightforward indie rock fair solo singer-songwriter with a guitar type stuff, which was not what we got. Yeah, hearing Working for the Knife first i was like oh mitski is now my bloody valentine this is cool <laughs> but yeah i mean like i said i hadn't she really fell off my radar for her last two albums and i was super excited for puberty too and then i felt a little disappointed with it so i wasn't really sure what to think but after hearing working for the knife i couldn't wait for this um it was such a different sound. And I mean, all of the singles were so dark and had this different depth to them that I wasn't really sure where the full album was going to fit. Um, not in a bad way or anything, just in an excited way. Yeah, I think um, I think I heard Working for the Knife on its own a while ago before the album came out. And I was definitely maybe excited for the album, but when I first like put this album on, you know, the first track, Valentine, Texas, was just like, I don't know, it just, it was very perfume genius, epic, like super big sound, like not at all what I expected, even just from listening to Working for the Knife. Um, and so that was a, that was a big standout for me um, in listening to it. And there was a lot, I think there was several like that like it sounds like she's writing for like a stadium like she was writing these like really big epic sounds that I don't know her to have written songs like that before I didn't seem like that was her thing before so this album definitely seems like a, a like a new a new chapter maybe for her sonically um do we want to talk about um songs or moments on the album that stood out first around like the first listen when you initially heard it what what stood out the most to you um i'll go first because i have a few um the first one like you said yeah the intro song i love a good intro song and that one felt like an intro mm -hmm. and then i really liked um the lyrics and stay soft like you stay soft get eaten only natural to harden up i was like she's so She's like so poetic, even on stage, like all her movements, she's just so cool to me. And then um, literally all of Should Have Been Me and I guess were like really good songs. And they felt like kind of more her old vibe too, especially Should Have Been Me. Um, yeah. These ones were a bit, I don't know, I like fast songs, so I like when they're fast. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking like, there's the big standouts like Valentine, Texas, the my the only heartbreaker and like Love Me More, like the really big 
I don't know, there's, that's just my opinion, but, and I was thinking, you know, after listening to it the first time, I was like, what does these other songs even sound like? Like everyone should have been me, I guess. I was like looking at the names and being like, what does that even sound like? I got to go back and like actually listen to that again. Cause it didn't, you know, the other ones, those it were like, register, so yeah. like, I knew exactly what song it was when it came on immediately. But then when I went back and listened to those kind of like in-between tracks, those actually became some of my favorites because mm -hmm. of the writing and like, I'm, they're so really good. So I'm glad that you liked those too. Um, Brady or Nikki, you guys want to talk about your initial listens? Stand yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, maybe Nikki should go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you should go, but then your voice, maybe not. <laughs> Um, Brie, I'm going to leave working for the knife for you. Cause I think you had a really cool take on it when we were talking about it. Um, oh God. now I feel pressure. <laughs> I'm not sure what that was anymore. <laughs> I can remind you. But, yeah. By all um, means, share your opinions too. <laughs> um, I think heat lightning was my favorite from the album. Um, sonically and lyrically i think she really did a fantastic job with the song's construction overall it's got like these ebbs and flows to the song where i can really picture watching a storm along with it um i kind of picture it being written about a night where there's just like so many thoughts stuck in your head it's difficult to sleep and i mean taking it literally if there was a storm happening outside and i'm stuck in my head like that i would go watch it just to kind of try to take my mind off of it um, and thinking about that, like, it reminded me of this one time that my dad went on a walk with me and we went up to the end of our street to watch a storm. I don't remember what we were talking about. It was probably like some boy trouble, but I remember he told me something along the lines of, um, like the world has storms like that forever. It's going to continue to have them, but the world is going to keep moving on despite them. Um, and like the song talks about surrender and I've read a few other people's takes saying like Mitski's giving up because the song kind of drops off after the first chorus. But I think it's more of like acceptance. Like I feel a storm approaching and I'm just going to ride with it. Um, but I, I really like that her lyrics are so open for listener interpretation like that. Um, I mean, not to ramble about it. I just, I, I love heat lining so much. <laughs> I think the thing oh, yeah. I'm most about it too is like the album overall is the, like in the album overall is the first chorus of heat lightning where the song really starts to build for the first time. And she gets to, there's nothing I can do. Not much I can change. I give it up to you. I surrender. And the song just like crashes into this beautiful piano line with this orchestral backdrop and Karina, like, I'm so glad you mentioned Perfume Genius because that is such a thing that they would do. Um, but yeah, I, I just felt like the lyrics were so visual in the song, like trees are swaying in the wind, like sea, sea anemones. It's just so beautiful and so well composed. I, I, I just, I loved that one the most. As always, Nikki, we see each other, <laughs> like literally. Like I was, like, I was going imagining a storm, yes. but like a red storm for some reason. I think because the album cover is red, so that's, that's why. It's funny you say that because like the music video, I is kind of 
there's there's a lot of different colors to it but it was very mostly red like when I got to that part really okay yeah yeah that's what that's the storm I'm imagining Mm -hmm. um yeah so my after much anticipation my opinion um (laughs) so on initial listen or early listens I thought the album opened up super super well like valentine texas that that crescendo uh shortly before i guess it's midway through um i i really enjoy the way it sort of draws you in quietly and then explodes on you um and then going into working for the knife i think that that's one of my favorite songs right now period um it's very very rare that i hear a song and the lyrics just click with me instantly um and we can we'll inevitably dive into that a bit more but i really 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 like that song um normally slow things uh lose my attention pretty quickly but it feels like miski's just like grabbing you by the collar and like no you're walking at my pace today um <laughs> and actually i think over the course of the rest of the album, my attention kind of came and went. Um, I think she has a good uh, instinct for building things and having songs crescendo. But I think that some songs ended up a bit repetitive musically. And then after the initial listens, when I was paying more attention to the lyrics and reading some of them along, I was like, holy shit, this is what she's saying. And it gave me a newfound appreciation for it. But initial uh, impression was that I thought the album kind of started falling off after around the first half and then picked up again right at the end. Yeah, no, I would agree with that on upon initial listen. That's kind of what I was trying to say earlier. I don't think I articulated it like the same way, but same idea where when I first listened to it, like Valentine, Texas, Heat Lightning, Only Heartbreaker, you know, there were like these moments in the album that like they really grab you, you like they grab you by the collar, like you were saying, and you just you are along for the ride on those songs. And then there's these kind of holes where you're not sure what's going on there until you dive in deeper and like intentionally more go back and like intentionally listen to it. And then you're like, okay, wow, this is this is really good, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think because I was intentionally listening to it, like I, I, I'll admit I listened to this yesterday, um, but uh, the lyrics were like on my screen and I was like reading along mm-hmm. and I don't think my attention ever really dropped, but I think that's because I was so engaged and it was, I think if anything, my attention dropped, like uh, Brady was saying, kind of sonically because some of the songs do kind of sound the same uh I think that just happens with synths though but um the lyrics were always so she's like literally a poet so they're Mm -hmm. so captivating and like reading along and with the music it just felt like a like I was like in a story just just vibing yeah I I think putting it like you feel like you're in a story when you're listening to it is a really good way to say that like I would just have like I've been unemployed for a little bit so like when I'm just like playing video games at home I 
will like put that album on and I'll listen to it two or three times and like my attention drops and comes back but like I don't know I don't even notice when it starts over again I guess I'm just like oh we're at this point again in the story and like um throughout the rest of the album I'm kind of creating little stories for the album for like the, each song mm-hmm. yeah. for sure um okay so we can talk a little bit more about lyrics and like specific things if you guys want I I wanted to go further into like um so I pulled up lyrics for like all the songs that kind of stood out to me and then went back and read through like the more in-between songs like everyone and, and should have been me and that's when they kind of like stood out more to me so the first one that I the should have been me is the one that I wanted to talk about more like I I love yeah. how it's such a contradictory experience like it's a very up-tempo dancey song she has a like a really good mix of slower more you know um not romantic sounding song almost mournful like sounding songs and then more of these like really up-tempo dancey songs but the synths throughout kind of add that into the music um but if you listen to should have been you like lyrics wise it's very like a regretful almost like a tribute to this breakup like a relationship where it didn't work out essentially due to like poor communication or like misreading of cues and I think there was an interesting parallel between um this song and like her music career in terms of um she's professing this regret about not being able to like share as much of herself with this person in this relationship as she wanted but um it's sort of a parallel with the way she describes her fans wanting like too much of her, wanting to consume her as content rather than a real person. Kind of makes me wonder if um, the other part in the relationship, like the other person couldn't, that she couldn't, you know, open up to maybe saw her in that way as well, like in the way that they wanted to sort of like in movies where like, there's like the, the manic pixie dream girl and how that character is, is loved by, someone in in terms of like they're a character in their head instead of a full three-dimensional flawed human being and so I thought that might be an interesting like parallel to draw between this relationship that could be real or not real or is it a metaphor for like how she feels with her music career could be both could be neither just something that I, that I liked to think about no so, yeah I think you're kind of Real, that's a really good take especially because okay this has my favorite my favorite lyric in the whole album is and should have been better I'd be oh should have been me I'd be going about my day until a hand would come and lift me out and drop me in the middle of a labyrinth where I'd be stuck a while I feel like that's literally exactly what she said yeah oh my gosh yeah that's one of the most like there's a lot of really good poetic moments on that album and that on this album and that's definitely one of them that's such a good line oh my gosh just like the hand the omnis yeah. omniscient being mm -hmm. yeah there's a few songs on this album <clears throat> that get into like dancey territory to talk about something she's really sad about mm -hmm. and i think should have been me personally is where she nailed it the hardest um it's just fun it's just fun to listen to 
um, the sound really just draws you into it. It makes you want to bop around a little bit while she's like, I haven't given you what you need. Sorry, it should have been me. Um, it's very ABBA. Like, I've written that. Yeah. yeah. I know it's very ABBA. <laughs> I think what sets it apart, at least musically, from like Stay Soft and Love Me More is that instead of going the like anthemic route, the, the chorus is long and it, it flows. It has waves. Like she's saying so many words. It's very fast. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I kind of felt like it was like almost like word vomit in terms of when you're like just really, you're feeling like really anxious about something or you just like want to get all this out. And so like she was just getting it out in the song and saying all these things like super fast and, um, and then quick succession. Um, do you want to say anything else about this one in particular? Best song on the album. Favorite song? Um, song. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> some other, let's see. I also, in particular, went back to Everyone because that was a song that I was like, what does that even sound like? I don't know. And <laughs> I had to go back and listen and read. Um, and then it had one of my favorite lines. Um, and I left the door open to the dark and said, come in, come in, whatever you are, but it didn't want me yet. And I was like, ooh, so like creepy and mysterious. And I was thinking, I think, I don't know. I think sometimes we kind of like can open ourselves up to the unknown or we can try for things like that we think we want, but they're still essentially a mystery to us. Um, but if it's not meant to be in that point, it doesn't matter like how hard you try for something, it's not going to happen. So it's like, you can open, you can leave yourself open to whatever, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Um, I don't know if that's what she meant by it, but I just thought that was a cool line, um, for a cool little song that just sort of like sneaks in there and is really good in between the bigger, like more epic tunes. Do y'all see any like correlation between nobody and everyone? Because I was pointed that thinking out. of those, yeah, those titles, and it was kind of like just the complete opposite. And I was wondering if y'all took anything from like that song that kind of parallels with how the other title is really. I don't know. I didn't even think of that, but now I'm gonna go back and listen to Nobody and like dive into that more because that's that's super interesting yeah yeah I was I don't yeah I don't I was asking because I I mean she's obviously intentional but how intentional and like you know I know a lot of artists do like to like go back and yeah I don't know I think people have um compared at least her fan base to like the T-Swift's fan base in terms of intensity and and like you know Certainly. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know if she's that intentional or not, but maybe because that's definitely something T Swift would do. Um, I think I I wrote in my notes about everyone that like it's just one that I zone out on. Um, but like you guys, when I listen to it again, um, it. I, I just I really do like those piano hits that she puts into the song and that was my main takeaway from it but when I was looking at the lyrics too I read that she had put in a little blurb about um 
it's basically her one shot at truly connecting with the listener and expressing herself to this person who hopefully will connect. And I'm trying to give everything I have so that I can get my feeling to that person. And I'm like, oh, I feel bad now. I didn't get that. Um, but <laughs> it's a lot to put into she this. She was problem. trying to reach you. <laughs> she she didn't reach you. <laughs> but I, I, I listened after that. I, so I listened to it after that. And I'm like, well, it still doesn't grab my attention that much. But I get what you're saying now. <laughs> that, that's wild to me that that is about, that's what she said about that song. Because not the one I would pick either to yeah. be the, the pinnacle of like connection yeah but it's still a very good song i think mm-hmm. everyone like it's not like it's not musical but out of compared to the rest of the album i feel like this one feels the most like it is just spoken word poetry which i think speaks to the point she has in that being like the, the primary piece of honesty from her to the listener it, it feels much more like she's just talking yeah that's it yeah that's true maybe that's what she meant that it's so minimal it really does remind me of bury me at makeout creek so i'm kind of wondering if she's like i'm gonna sonically go back to my roots and just leave it sort of bare yeah are there any songs that um or lyrics we want to talk about? We um, gotta talk about working for the knife. There's no way around it. I've been dying to talk to <laughs> working for the knife. With you. Oh, we talk about working for the knife. I forgot the title. Always saying that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, like I said before, it is really rare that a song just grips me lyrically at the outset, mm-hmm. but as a as a I, I guess within the demographic that we are all in i guess ashlyn i am not sure about you but i'm assuming we're in the same boat here just like mid 20 something people who are just still trying to find their way in the world sometimes wondering if they're doing the right thing if they're making the right moves if they're being honest with themselves like this song opens up saying I cry at the at the start of every movie I guess because I wish I was making things too like that is brutal yeah and then I like went to school to make movies and I don't make movies so I was like damn (laughs) why she did too that's what yeah Mitsuki did too oh what the heck she started for film and then she moved to music yeah Wait, like, what? <laughs> Twin? Twin? Are, are you Mitski? Um, yeah, cutting ahead, like, I guess the thing I really like about this song is how honest and realistic the lyrics feel. Hello, Ket. Um, she says, I always knew the world moves on. I just didn't know it would go without me. Like, she's not arguing against this whatsoever she's like wow i just i fell behind and uh cutting ahead slightly more in the final verse i always thought the choice was mine and i was right but i just chose wrong yeah 
it's like I think Brady just like leaned back in his chair and he's like mind blown <laughs> that's what I, yeah. I was picking up the cat so he wouldn't yell anymore <laughs> that line in particular the choice one is to me that's the most brutal line because it's like the bell jar Sylvia path Sylvia path <laughs> Sylvia path with that uh fig tree analogy yes. oh my god it's it's just the fig tree analogy in lyrical song form and it's um yeah it's like just I don't know what else to say about it <laughs> just really it's the realities of I, life. I'm just shook at I'm still shook at this I'm reading these lyrics it's completely different now yeah like I love Knowing that line because like that's the point where a lot of people would say in some way or insinuate like you know what the choice wasn't mine but she's like it was i chose wrong (laughs) and that's the start of a musical album it's like what are you doing for the rest of this thing yeah where else does it go from here how much sadder and then it does get sadder what would y'all say the saddest song on the album is honestly like looking at the track list again i think it probably would be working for the knife well the only heartbreaker when looking at it again um initial thoughts on it I was like this is so silly but like do you guys remember the show Danny Phantom yes of course there was a ghost called Ember and she was my favorite antagonist on the show and she did a song (laughs) Danny Phantom and the only heartbreaker reminds me of that song um, my favorite antagonist still is killing me <laughs> exactly he had exactly. one episode and the, stuck with me the ember saga was that was the best one. arc of Danny Phantom the best arc <laughs> I love that that was like I had a crush on Danny Phantom for sure Okay, so, we'll have wait, a crush on Ember too. Fine, we look up this song. <laughs> he was fine no, when he... I was 16. Wait, when I was like eight. Yeah. It felt cool for like a kids' cartoon show. You oh, know, yeah. For like before you're of a double digit age, it felt like it had edge. I love how many goths hair. were in the show. <laughs> yeah. It's very alternative. She and she's the blueprint for goth girlfriend too. Sam. Why do I know that? (laughs) Oh, I'm sure you know it. You know the favorite. She wrote the whole fandom. Ember McLean. Phantom trivia. (laughs) Oh my god. What a legend. I just I just Kate looked up Ember McLean to like remember that character. Hell yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's (laughs) badass. I love her. She was the coolest. Oh that's, shit, that's like she color. is cool. Steel toed boots and like the shape of souls. Are you kidding? Amazing. Danny Phantom. Yeah, she's the one I was like, no, I'd like this ghost to win. Danny can lose this time. <laughs> oh, she is. There's cool. a pirate version? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think in the movie. Why do Damn. I know this stuff? <laughs> it's she's giving Scott Pilgrim. This yes. is a 16 year old. Yeah. This is a 16 year old. You can't say that. I was about to say that about Danny, but he's like oh. in high school. Yeah, you're right. 
She's a power hungry officer. This is about her character. She's a power hungry musician ghost who hates authority. She thirsts for attention and has a seductively cutting, sarcastic personality. Me. So me. She sounds so so cool. Okay. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that song, Nikki, because I don't remember what it sounds like, but I want to hear it. Yeah, I I, I love it. (laughs) That's awesome. Ember Izmitsky. Ember Izmitsky. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry to like derail it with the TV. No, thank you. <laughs> that, that, thank that's you. definitely like my first thought when I was listening to it. And then I looked into the lyrics more and um, not to get more into Danny Phantom, but it does actually go with Ember's story. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'll leave that to you to look up later on your own. Um, okay. But <laughs> There's a lot of parallels um, here. I know it's it's weird. <laughs> the Danny lore, I love it. <laughs> um, the only heartbreaker, like when I when I was listening to it the first time, I was like, oh, it's just you know just a normal breakup song. But um, it's kind of I think talking about an abusive relationship, um, like an emotionally abusive relationship. Um, because she's talking the her first line in it is if you would make just one mistake, what a relief that would be. Um, but I think as long, for as long as we're together, I'll be the only heartbreaker. And she said something like when she was breaking this down of, are you really the one making the mistakes? Or are you just the one trying, the only one trying? And like the chorus, I think makes more sense with the song. Like I'll be the only heartbreaker, just repeating that um for her chorus line um like she's going to be the only one trying and making mistakes in this relationship yeah I think yeah I think you hit that nail on the head there I feel like that's it definitely feels like um an emotionally unbalanced relationship um because it definitely doesn't seem fair that you know one person is always in the wrong about about the relationship or always the villain um and if Mitski and is the villain in this you know story we it's like we don't know her but because she's put out you know all this music for us to sort of learn about her in a sense you you know that that that's not it's like not a true because we know her enough know about her enough to know that she's not just going to be like actually um the heartbreaker or like the person in the wrong in a relationship like she's she's open enough that about trying that you know that's not true and that's like not a reliable um narrative and she's discovered that because she's you know putting the song out about it you know maybe in in the relationship she felt like the bad guy but then afterwards in reflection she's like no I I was just trying I was trying to make it work and I was making mistakes but nobody's perfect uh, but that narrative of like that I'm the villain and you're this like victim is not necessarily true see I kind of took it the complete opposite way of how you guys only because I like was in a relationship where I was definitely the only heartbreaker and like I was just really relating to the song and like where I did feel like the bad person 
and I love to make myself like well it wasn't even like not even vic well I guess she is kind of making herself victim in a like way where she's like oh I'm the bad guy in that kind of way um which is like such a I don't know just such a artsy thing to do I feel like she her intention to me was more saying she is the bad guy and like because she is able to do this and like move on and like be fine and there's this one lyric well actually you know now that I'm thinking about it because I was about to read this one lyric that literally says the opposite of what I'm saying so maybe you'll write it <laughs> but because <laughs> no said, I love you the water main that burst and flooding you'll be by the window only watching well, maybe no maybe I am right no no I think I, <laughs> I think yeah it's open to interpretation I love that you had a, yeah, a completely so... different interpretation of it because that's that's art so yeah yeah no yeah it really is it could be it could be either one that's yeah. true love it queen <laughs> ember ember queen I wonder if Mitski uh, ever watched any phantom didn't. Didn't she did and her favorite isn't like a sad adult now <laughs> she did and her favorite antagonist is also <laughs> ember. for sure yeah she's here for the ember saga <laughs> i'm literally gonna look that up one once we're done here um okay so are there any other ones we want to cover before like the end because I have I wanted to talk about like, the last two songs but are there any before that that we want to cover we've kind of gone through a lot of them working for the knife everyone the only heartbreaker heat lightning Nikki really touched on that but we can go back to that one if we want to talk more about it I don't know um no I just had all I had on my mind about it <laughs> I just kind of word vomited <laughs> that no that one's I agreed with everything you said because <laughs> it's really good. I think the only other songs I wanted to really go into were the last two, so we can keep going. Okay. Yeah. All I had to say about those was, I guess, was like a surprise for me because it was so different. And then it, it felt like very specific um to maybe talking to like her fans like a lot of the other songs where they could be about a relationship or you know something else but this one felt like it was directly um related to her grappling with like how to navigate her relationship with her fans and being in the limelight and um it's really beautifully written but very succinct and pretty straightforward and I felt like it felt like it was a yeah like a letter to her fans about how she feels um and I'm I guess this is the end I'll have to learn to be somebody else it's been you and me since before I was me so like that's her talking about when she was like deciding to leave the music industry and how when she started you know she was a 20 something like she was in college I think like pretty young like you know we don't know who we are yet even now and, and she's now close to 30 and it's like you don't just like figure out overnight um so having to learn to be somebody else when this is all she's known as um in her life is like being um, Mitski and like putting out music and 
Um, it's been you and me before, since before I was me, like before she even knew who she was. And she had like, you know, a lot of formative years, like in the limelight and in, you know, indie stardom, basically putting out her music. Um, without you, I don't yet know quite how to live. So I think, again, she's talking about like without music, without having this, um, you know, what she does for a living, like purpose, like she doesn't know who she would be. Um, if I could keep anything of you, I would keep just this quiet after you. That one, I, I really like that line. I think it's really interesting. I feel like um, she had a Rolling Stone interview where she talks about how, I mean, the title of the interview was like, Misky had to leave music in order to love it, which sort of sums it up where like, she wanted to step away. And when she did, I think she realized how much she needed it and how much she wanted it. And so I think that's the quiet she's referring to is like, she needed a break. She needed that hiatus to step away from it and realize that um, it's what she wanted. Um, and then she just ends it with saying, thank you. And like, she all she can say is thank you. Um, it's still as a pond I'm staring into. Such a good song, such a good line. I don't know. I, that's what I think it's about, but it feels like a, a direct letter to her fans and then she goes into and you think that's the end it's like super quiet and short and just like fades out and then that's our lamp comes on and it's like it feels like she's teasing yeah. you with I guess and then that's our lamp comes on and it's like n goes from this somber slow mournful song to this really glorious joyful triumphant sounding song that's like I interpret it as like the real goodbye because um, she's looking back on in the song she's looking back on literally a lamp in a window of like the apartment that she shared with her lover like that she's looking at like the relationship like that's our lamp like that's where we used to you know we we loved each other and fight and like that's where everything happened was in that apartment or whatever but I think it's like a metaphor for like she's looking back on the experience of like being loved and listened to by her fans with like gratitude and joy that it happened at all and that she got to experience being loved like that and it feels like the the real goodbye um for for her music career um and I don't know that's yeah. how I interpreted it but what do you guys know think? that's <laughs> especially if we're keeping along with like the the audience being like who she's singing to in a lot of these songs the lamp could also be like you know that kind of imagery of like leaving the light or like that metaphor like leaving the light on and like when you're like she might be leaving the music industry but like the light is still on for her to come back and like maybe try all this again and stuff yeah yeah I like that I think the end of this album would have been a lot more poignant if that's our lamp took place somewhere else in the album i agree though i agree like it's I not an ending song. is a gut punch and <laughs> that's our lamp like i can see the argument that that is also a goodbye but it's uh it doesn't feel nearly as definitive as i guess so to it, it feels like you're walking out the door and then the door closes and then it's a Midwest goodbye. You, you forgot yeah. you left the oven on. Yeah, no, it's literally, that's why I'm like, is it a goodbye <laughs> a or is it? Because that's my question is, does this feel like a goodbye album to you guys? Or is it her saying, 
goodbye. And then coming back and like, no, it's a new chapter yeah. in my career. I think that's like reflective. I, I don't I think, think it's a good lie. I think it's reflective. The placement of that yeah. song lamp, I think, determines like the meaning of the song. Like you're saying it would be more poignant if it was somewhere else on the album. I think that like the placement of it at the very end is what makes it that's what made it stood out to me as and like made me interpret it as a, a goodbye song rather than just like, oh, she's talking about an old relationship she had. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. I don't know up in the air i guess to your point um about the placement and it being like goodbye unless yeah 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 i guess to your point like that's what this literally is as a whole like it's literally she left and then she's here Mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly. and then like is she coming back yeah she had a quote where she was like i've tended to end my albums on a quiet note with everything that's going on i'm assuming she means like her career and the tone of the album she said that she and her producer felt like it would be best if they ended with a carnival and a party it kind of reminds me of like scott scott street by phoebe bridgers because they inserted like crowd noises in there as well yes my lifeline you mean my national anthem yeah i'm familiar with the song you're the same person (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm familiar (laughs) i yeah i kind i kind of agree with brady still though i wish i guess was the last song just because yeah to me that felt like the saddest one as well but like like you're saying like it's it's purposefully put there and that's just really cool that she even thought about the way the song sounds in terms of like how it's gonna play out very intentional how it's gonna leave us feeling well I feel like you're teasing me Mitski I don't feel like I know what's going on we're edging what the heck how dare you but yeah I do kind of wish like the end was able to leave me with like this feeling of I I, because I like I said I think the whole album is kind of self-reflective so I wish Mm -hmm. that the ending song left me like with my thoughts I guess which I which I guess (laughs) would um be better left (laughs) to I guess um yeah and that one that one hit me on a personal note too and Karina I think it's like really cool that you were interpreting this as her fans because I I think it is kind of the same thing um just kind of a a different person to direct it to where I interpreted it um like for me it was introspective on past relationships where like I was a person in high school with in a relationship with somebody much older than me and he would kind of tell me like this is how you should think like this is how to be you know a really intellectual person and like I was drawing so much of my identity from him and the line of it's been you and me since before I was me um that one really connected with that experience for me um because we started dating like when I was still trying to figure myself out and he kind of helped formulate that identity for me so when we broke up, without you, I don't know quite how to live. 
I was in a funk for a few months after this, just trying to figure out like, okay, where do I fit? Um, and then if I could keep anything of you, I would just keep this quiet after you. Um, I kind of took that to be like, for me, when I was going through that of like, I want to keep this quiet after you being like, I want to keep all the things that I learned from you um, and apply those like to the rest of my life so that I don't make this type of mistake again of losing my identity. Um, and it's still a pond I'm staring into like, yeah, I, st I still, I still do draw from that. I still draw strength from that experience. Um, I don't know if I would be able to say thank you to this person, but maybe like if, if Mitski was talking to like a person and specifically, like I could see that being a thank you to them for leaving her with that experience. I think that the lyrics of, I guess, are genius in that way. Yeah. Because you could feasibly apply it to any relationship yeah. in yeah. your life that you draw a lot from, whether or not it's even with a person. Like, yeah. It's been you and me since before I was me. Without you, I don't know quite how to live is an incredible couple of lines because a romantic relationship, a close friendship, uh, alcoholism, uh, losing something that you're sentimental about in some way. Like, it, it could feasibly apply to nearly anything in your life that you care about. Agreed. No, yeah, this one was my saddest song personally, and I think for exactly the reasons y'all are saying, I didn't even, uh, Karina, when you said it, like, that was like kind of a genius brain moment when you're talking about audience, because I, I immediately went to myself and was applying this to myself, and I was like, <laughs> I guess, yeah, but yeah, it can just, like you're saying, it's very applicable to any situation really yeah yeah I think um overarching like for Mitski and her music for at least I mean the music that I've heard of hers I feel like her songs feel so big and important to me some might call it like melodramatic but I think that um it's because she goes to these like very rich emotional places in order to pull out the most decadent pieces to share with us in her music. And, you know, how specific she gets versus how, you know, open to interpretation the songs are varies, but I I feel like it's such a gift. Like all of these songs um, are a gift for sure. And I feel, grateful to her um, for having written them because they're very good. And there's a lot of really beautiful poetic lines that I want to write down and like remember um, forever. For sure. She's goaded for real. Like she's going into the Hall of Fame. No doubt in my mind. She's like amazing. I want to bring her to therapy with me. I feel like she'd be able to put everything so much better. <laughs> I do not want her at therapy. I, I, want her I want to bring her to therapy with me. That's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yep. She's uh, providing us with a space where we can like 
feel and trauma feel translator. And yes. <laughs> yes. Literally. I love that. Um, okay. So last couple questions that we usually go for are what other artists would you recommend to people based on this album? And would you recommend it to a friend or in what context would you recommend people listen to the album? So do we have anything else we want to say about it in general? Anything else we want to bring up before, like just answering those questions? Nope. I got nothing. Okay. All right. What other artists would you recommend to people based on this album? What do you guys think? I would recommend car seat headrests, but specifically making a door less open. I think they sound very similar and lyrically they are like also very like like big ideas said very like very well and can apply to a lot of situations and a lot of sense and it sounds really good and cool. I like <laughs> Wait, what really was I supposed tough. to say something else? Oh, okay, okay. I'm just <laughs> brainstorming. They're just thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, sad indie girls is not a domain that I have a lot of knowledge in. Um, I don't think I can draw very good lines to any other artists, but I guess she does kind of remind me of Japanese breakfast, but a bit less uh, outright poppy sounding. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Yeah, I, I mentioned ABBA a few times. Like, she's not directly similar to ABBA in this album, I don't think, but like a lot of their songs have are like, you broke my heart and like very sad lyrics but put to obviously like huge disco um sounds behind them so i i think like somebody who likes abba might like this album i am a person who loves abba and i love this album so <laughs> um but i think if you like 80s music in general um specifically like 80s pop you'll love this album more um I was thinking about like Sonic Youth, Cocteau Twins, and um, one of my favorite albums of all time is Songs from the Big Chair by Tears for Fears. And I would, if you like that album, I would also recommend this album um, to somebody. But, you know, yeah, Brady mentioned like Sad Indie Girls. So like, I would probably also, if somebody likes Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, Perfume Genius, I think, as you as you mentioned perfume genius karina like i think those are all artists that could draw some parallels too yeah and I think perfume. who lucy dacus especially yeah lala lala as well have like really cool sounds and i don't know her vibe darker vibe darker rock sounding vibes what'd you say i don't think i've heard of lala Oh, La 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 is super good. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send. I'll send. Yes. <laughs> I like the uh, I like the ABBA vibe, the the ABBA comparison. Um, I'll be looking forward to Mama Mitski hitting theaters. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that was so good. Yeah. It would be so good. 
that would be actually good. Yes. <laughs> no, this don't sounds- tell anybody about that. Don't, you need to keep that to yourself. You need to make that for yeah. even if it happen. This album yeah. definitely is Now's like the a time. Soundtrack. Yeah. I'm no longer working for the knife. I'm making Mama Mitski. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, now. I'm gonna see yeah. it. Here I go again. This album definitely does sound like a, a soundtrack. Like it could be a soundtrack to a movie. Yes. I think. Yeah, it really does. My main one was just Perfume Genius. I think that was, and then this may be a wrong opinion, but Heat Lightning reminded me of Casey Musgraves. <laughs> I was like, this sounds like Casey Musgraves. Um, Maybe that's why I like it so much. First I of all, her. how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so I said it. I said it and that's it. I'm just gonna lay it out there. Maybe some Karina people are coming through with controversial opinions. <laughs> I know what a hot take in 2022. If if that's all the artists we would recommend, um, the next and last question is like in what context would you recommend listening people listening to this album? Or would you just recommend it? To somebody i definitely would i think it's a a very emotionally powerful album and um i think it could be good for a lot of people to hear yeah i think if you're somebody kind of like in an in-between phase <clears throat> this i was thinking about the front bottoms when i was saying this too like because I, I think i said this with their self-titled album the last time we were talking I think if you're in an in-between phase, um, this might not be something that'll help you get out of the in-between phase, but it's something that'll help you like kind of introspect about it. Yeah, definitely. Cause it feels like Mitski's sort of in maybe an in-between phase or when she was writing it, she was an in-between phase of like whether she's gonna keep going with her music career or not and make that decision. So it's definitely an introspective, but fun album to listen to for sure I got I had a lot of fun listening to it I was bopping around mm-hmm. the whole time shaking my yeah. ass <laughs> shaking my ass the, I guess <laughs> yes exactly yeah yeah I recommend this for everyday activities going to the grocery store shaking your ass shaking Uh, your ass in the kitchen shaking your ass around the produce aisle (laughs) absolutely no yeah i walmart exactly no yeah i this sound this is like a a walmart listen but you also need to like have your headphones in and be kind of attentive so i think you (laughs) You shouldn't be distracted much. You should be paying attention to her. Yeah, that's why you're at Walmart because so, you, so you can uh, focus on yeah. the music because it's just, it's just Walmart. So that's like the you best fully, in swear. Yeah, walking around you can, Walmart. You can just be alone at Walmart, looking at the tricycles, listening to "Love Me More," <laughs> and, looking at the mongoose bikes. Why are y'all passing? <laughs> Why are you passing tricycles and monk? 
<laughs> spikes. This... Where's your grocery? Why is it not in a normal? Because I want to. I've been thinking about buying a bicycle. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in that aisle. Sometimes. I don't have any specific context in mind. I think it's just a good album. But I guess my only recommendation for any given listener is like check out the lyrics there is a lot to see there like yeah i didn't get a lot of this album until i pulled up the lyrics while i was listening and then i was reading i was like oh shit this lady's a poet yeah for yeah. sure look at the lyrics Changes i think you miss a lot of them without them yeah it's true yeah even even when certain songs weren't really doing it for me musically, looking at the lyrics, I was I was pretty impressed. I was like, I I feel you, Mitski. Yeah. I agree. You hurt me. You hurt me, Mitski. <laughs> and with that <laughs> Thank you guys for joining. This was a really fun one, as usual. So I'll see you next time. Sounds good. Bye. Bye, See you. February.